24, verse 36, as we end the book and end the chapter, Luke 24, verse 36. Now, as he said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace be upon you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for our day. We thank you for those serving, Lord, those preparing. We pray, Lord, for the hearts of just your people to be encouraged. And, Lord, those even today that may not know you. And so, Lord, that we would come to a a place of surrender, as we will see place of repentance, confessing our sinful nature to you, accepting that free gift of eternal life that only you can give us. So, Lord, bless our time now in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, last week we saw the two guys on the road to Emmaus. Remember that? Jesus uh, started walking with them. They had quit. They had had it. They were discouraged. They were despondent. They just—they wanted to get out of it. They wanted to become a nonprofit organization. They're like, I'm done with this. And Jesus revealed himself. Notice how he encouraged their heart was through the word. That is how we get out of depression. That's how we get out of discouragement is only God's word. That's why at Calvary we give you God's word. It's not a topical message. It's not my opinion. It's God's word. I want you to be healed by the word of God and not myself. And so it says that verse 33, those two returned that very hour to Jerusalem and found the 11 there as they were gathered together and then they said, the Lord is risen indeed. He has also appeared to Simon. And so they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he had known them by the breaking of bread. So they are mid-sentence talking to the 11 there in the upper room. And then as these things were being said, verse 36, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, peace be with you. Keep your place here. Let's turn to John chapter 20. Now Luke gives us um, this scene that John also gives us, but John adds one thing that I think is important for us to understand. John 20. And then that same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, And where the disciples were assembled, for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. Please note with me what John tells us that Luke does not tell us. What does he tell? Luke is very kind. Have you noticed that? It's these gospels have been written and Luke is kind. He doesn't want everyone to know that they're totally afraid of what group in that verse? The Jews. He says, then that same evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, they were locked, they were afraid of the Jews, and they were afraid of the Romans. Turn back now to Luke, and we'll come back to John in a second, by the way, so keep your place in both. We're going to jump back and forth. And so now Jesus says unto them, in a state of being afraid and not knowing what's going on. Remember... We are reading this in 2021. You've read it 
several times in your life. You know the account of Jesus, and so we take it for granted. These guys have no idea what's going on. They are afraid their whole world has been turned upside down because they placed all their hope and their trust in this Galilean, and he was crucified. Now what do you do? I sold my boat. I don't have a job anymore. I don't know what to do anymore. What do I do? And so they're huddled in this room, and the first thing that Jesus says unto them is, calm down. That's what peace is. Don't you tell your kids that when they're getting all riled up? Don't you love it when your, your kids come into your room after a, uh, a night of thunder and lightning? And what do they want? They just want comfort. They want you to comfort them in the midst of their being afraid. And so Jesus comes and he says, all right, guys, calm down. Uh, it's me, and he's going to have this conversation with them in a minute, but it's me, and I'm going to provide you with some marching orders. But notice, they were terrified, and they were frightened, and they supposed that he was a ghost. And he said unto them, why are you troubled? And why do you, why are your doubts arising in your, in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you have seen. So we, we got this account that's going on. He walked through closed doors. Everybody got that? Did you pick up on that yet? The Bible is going to tell us that we will be like Jesus in, in like manner. But think about this. He walked through the door, and then he tells them, hey, come touch me. He's going to tell them in a minute that he's hungry. He wants to have something to eat. So our bodies are going to be different when we are transformed. What you see now, look around, is not what you are going to be in the heavenly kingdom. Can I get a great big amen there? Your bodies are falling apart. Your body proves the second law of thermodynamics, which is it's everything is going from order to disorder. Did you not have to put your body in some kind of order this morning after you got up? <laughs> Our body is going to be transformed. In the moment, in the twinkling of, a, of an eye, you're going to be metamorphosed. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, your body will change. I can't wait. 50 stinks. I go up to camp, and I'm working, and I'm bending down, and I'm doing electrical, and my hands are it's like, man, we got to get some younger kids. Thank you for coming up. I was so excited to see all the young guys coming out this morning and doing all the work. Matt and I were like, man, this is the first time we've never done anything. Would you not agree? I mean, I went out and bought this, this stuff, but it was nice. It was wonderful. I love that we have young men stepping up in this church because, oh, are you clapping for me? See how that is? I wouldn't clap until you're done with the meal. Uh, and I want a five-star on the Google rating, by the way. That brunch was awesome. So he says, handle me. You are flesh and blood at this point. 
yet he walked through the water. Walked through the water, walked through the water. How is that possible? I have no idea. Isn't that great? All I know is that this is what God's word has affirmed to us of truth. Now let's continue. Verse 40. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Why? Why? Because those are where the marks are. But while they still not believe for joy, and they marveled, and they said, and he said to them, uh, have you guys have any food here? And so they gave him a piece of boiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it, and he ate in their presence. And he said unto them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, and that all these things must be fulfilled which was written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Now on the road to Emmaus, these two were being schooled by Jesus. He had told them all these things that applied to him in the Old Testament. He opened up their eyes. We're going to see in a minute that their eyes will be opened up to the things of the Old Testament pertaining him. But he said, these words which I spoken to you while I was still with you must these are imperative words. I needed to go to the cross. I needed to die and then raise again. These words are important. Our whole foundation of a believer, why we are doing what? Why are you even here? Well, maybe you heard about brunch, but why are you here? It is because of Jesus and what he did on Friday and more specifically what he did on Sunday. So why we are here is because he came out of the tomb. I made this mention of last week. Muhammad is in the tomb. Buddha is in the tomb. Nobody has come out but Jesus. Therefore, that's who we follow. You know, I'm not a smart guy. Some of you are like, I know we listen to you every week. <laughs> but I'm a logical guy. I'm a reasonable guy. And I look at the facts and I go, dead guy, should I follow him? Alive guy. I'm going to go with the alive guy. It is really easy. And Jesus will again today affirm that he is the only way to the Father. There are not multiple ways. There's one way. And that one way is Jesus. It's good news. This isn't hard to figure out. Jesus has come as a child with our faith and believe that he was risen from the grave. Notice he says here in verse 45, Luke says that he, that's Jesus, opened up their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Now, what are the scriptures at this time? It is only the Old Testament. Think about this. I want to sit in this Bible study. Jesus opened up their eyes to the same what the, the guys on the road to Emmaus got. So Jesus is now applying the Old Testament to them so they have a comprehension of the verses like Isaiah 53 that specifically apply to Messiah and Jesus himself. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Now, keep your place here. Let's turn back to John. Chapter 20.
Now, in the midst of this, Luke doesn't say this, but I want you to hear this, then we're going to go back to Luke. Then verse, uh, uh, I'm sorry, John 20, verse 19, then that on that same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, when the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and he stood in the midst and he said unto them, Peace be upon you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And so Jesus said unto them again, Peace be upon you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So we are going to start this great commission. Luke is going to mention a little bit of it, but um, John also mentions this, that as the Father sent Jesus into the world to bring the good news, so too Now this commission goes to not only the 11, but everybody who receives Christ in their life. Please don't think that I am the only preacher or pastor here at this church. Y'all, all all y'all, you hear that? For those of you northerners, uh, that meant everyone in the room. All y'all. All y'all have been sent to proclaim this good news. And when he had said this, he, Jesus, breathed on them, and he said unto them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 22 is important, because in the midst of this scene from Luke and John, we're piecing it together. At some point after his meal there, he has this passage, and now they they are, for all intents and purposes, they receive God into their life, and they are saved. Has everybody got that? This is when the disciples, the 11, became saved. Now, it's interesting because he's going to tell them that there is a promise of the Father that is to come. They're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit later on. Notice, receive the Holy Spirit. So everybody who accepts God into their life has the Holy Spirit that comes inside and lives inside them, but that's not necessarily the baptism of the Holy Spirit that he will talk about later in the book of Acts. And so, at this point, these guys are saved. And how about you? But I'm glad, and so is planet Earth. Finally, they're saved. They can stop saying dumb things. Not yet. (laughs) You know, have you figured that out? You get saved, you can still do dumb things? Just me? No, no, no. And then you're filled with the Spirit. It's a secondary. The power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you as the book of Acts says, to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and to the other ends of the earth. It's the dunamis power. It allows us to live this life, this crazy life that we're living right now on planet earth. He says in verse 23, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven of you. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And then in a timeline, in an order, it, it goes to the next Sunday night, and that's when Thomas, who was not there at this moment, he comes. We're not going to get into that. Let's go back to Luke. Now we're back at verse 46 again. Luke 24, verse 30, uh, 46. And then he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it is necessary for the Christ or the Messiah to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And the repentance and the remission of sins 
should be preached in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. And then he says, and you are the witnesses of these things. So here is the commission just with John. We're tying it all together, right? Here is the commission. The commission is this. Repentance needs to happen. Everybody needs to repent of their sin. How do, how do they know that they're a sinner? If you're here today and you're visiting us and you're offended that I just called you a sinner, sinner, I'll just do it again. Keep going. We all have a sinful nature from our parents, Adam and Eve. Everybody is a sinner. Everybody has fallen short. Did you see uh, the psalm we read today? No one is good. No, not one. The Bible tells us over and over that there is no way for us to enter into God's holy presence without the blood of the Lamb. And so the repentance and the remission of of sins should be heralded or preached in whose name? His name. So do you see that now the narrowness of the gospel? The narrowness is that it's only in the name of Jesus by which men must be saved. One name under heaven. That's it. One name, not multiple. If I hear another pastor say there are multiple pastors, I'm going to sick man on him and file an injunction. There are not multiple paths. Don't let a congressman or a senator or anybody fool you or even a pope. There is no multiple paths. There is one name under heaven that men and women must be saved, and that is the name of Jesus. And so he says, herald this, let this good news go out to where? What is all? That's pretty much all. All nations, even the ones I don't like, Yes, we are very nationalistic in our nation, and there's nothing wrong with that. People want to put down nationalism. I can't stand that. I don't know about you, but I still love this country. I love Fourth of July blowing stuff up. I love a good ball, a ball game, and I love the national anthem. Right? Now, there are a whole group of people that want to cancel all that. They're like, we don't like that. Then move to Canada. Sorry for Canada if you get all those people. Go to France. That'd be good. They're already ruined anyway. Don't tell them. So there's this nationalism, right? We love our nation. But then there are nations that don't love us. And then at some point, we start not liking those nations, and we want to, well, (laughs) wars start that way, right? But think about this. What Jesus says is the message of the cross transcends nationalism. It goes to every group. Now, we have a book out here. It's not available to you yet, but it's a book that I'm reading and listening to. It is a book about how the Bible has changed the world in governments, how this book that we are reading today has set free people in countries like India who had a, and still do, have a form of government that doesn't value life. They, they weren't in the business of promoting life, promoting righteousness. It's a caste system. China's the same way. And where the Bible goes, it elevates and destroys and puts down not only slavery, but elevates man and woman to the proper place. The Bible does that, not the Koran. Not anything else. Not the 
uh, sacred scroll. I, uh, my, my blank went. <laughs> my brain went blank. <laughs> I'm thinking of waffles. <laughs> it is only the Bible that has set this world free. And think about how many people want to pull the Bible out of that, out of our culture and our nation. And what Jesus says first is, this word needs to be preached, but where does it start? It tells us in Jerusalem. What is your Jerusalem? Well, for us, our Jerusalem is Myrtle Beach, right? If you live here in Myrtle Beach, this is your Jerusalem. He will say in Acts, take it to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the other ends of the earth. That's where it needs to go. We focus our attention here. Primarily, our church, which used to have a lot of outreach going on in the city, our primary outreach currently is our radio station. Our radio station is that which we fund to promote the gospel in our area. So, he says, take this message of repentance and the remission of sin in the name of Jesus and Jesus only. And he says, you are the witnesses of these things. And not only will they produce four gospels, but also Luke will start to describe in the book of Acts what went on with them as this message went through. He says, behold, verse 49, I send the promise of my Father upon you, But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So he says, listen, you're saved, but you're getting something else. Did everybody get that? You're saved, but you're getting something else. And we're going to see that something else. Let's turn to Acts chapter 1. Of course, Luke, same writer. Uh, Many people would say this is Luke part two because it's just a continuation of what he is writing. And he says in verse one, the former account I made, O Theophilus, which means lover of God, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up, the ascension, which we'll see in a little bit here, through the Holy Spirit has given commandments to the apostles whom he has chosen. He is giving instruction to them. We just read those instructions. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering with many infallible proofs, being seen by them for 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining the kingdom of God. Okay, so Luke is going to talk about the ascension, right? That's why we jumped. We're... Sunday night is what we just read. There is 40 days in between that Sunday night and the ascension. Everybody got that? That's the gap. That's what Luke wants us to know, that there is a gap. So how much stuff was going on during those 40 days? I don't know. Most of it isn't written down for us. Hopefully we'll see that in heaven. He says, and being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Did we not just read that? Hey, guys, hang out, tarry. But wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, 
but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, we're going to get into this ascension now. Luke talks about it not only in Luke at the end, but he talks about it here. So, remember I said we're going to go back and forth? Let's go back to Luke, and then we'll come back to Acts here in a minute. Go back to Luke. You're getting a workout. I know what you, I, I, I'm feeding you good food today. You've got to kind of work it off right now. So in between verses 49 and 50, you can write 40 days. There is a span of 40 days. And verse 50 says, and he led them as far as Bethany. This is the Mount of Olives. And he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. Aren't you glad that Jesus blessed them before he left? He's like, Lord, these guys need a lot of help. Bless them, please. Now it came to pass, as he blessed them, that he was parted from them and he was carried up to heaven. Okay, (laughs) turn to Acts. There's more verses. I'm leaving that for after we read this. Turn back now to Acts, sorry, 1. Verse 6, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? So, 40 days have gone by. They're on the Mount of Olives, and it's like, hey, we need one more teaching. So, will you restore the kingdom of Israel? Now, to me, this is uh, not only interesting, but funny. Why is it? Because all they have been talking about for three and a half years is when are they going to sit on thrones ruling and reigning? When are we going to get our badges? You know those special badges? Apostle. When are we going to get to rule and reign with you? Remember, this is the mindset of the Jew in this day. They are not looking to the Jesus that came. They were looking for the the line of the tribe of David. They wanted a king, and they wanted those Romans out. And so they asked the question, will you at this time, look, he hasn't ascended yet. He's still talking with them on the Mount of Olives. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons which the Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the other ends of the earth. So, in Luke 24 that we, by the way, I I apologize that we're going like we're ping-ponging back and forth. But you got to do your best to track with me. So, in Luke, he told them, hey, you're going to get something. You're saved, but you're going to get this power. You're going to be a witness for me. And now he defines it even more 40 days later because they probably have forgotten by then. It's 40 days. Can you guys remember what I taught last week? I can't. Let's move on. He says, but you shall. So this is a definite article. Receive dunamis. That's the word power. It's dynamite. It's where we got our word dynamite from. Dynamite power. When, that means this happens, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, a pea to fill you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. And he already talked about that, about starting in Jerusalem, and then he expands it in Judea and Samaria and to the other ends of the earth. Now, 
when he had spoken these things while they watched. So he's talking. Don't you want to see this? He's talking with them. They're all excited. They don't know what's coming next. Does everybody got that? It's not like they got, okay, uh, on Sunday night, I'm going to walk through the door. Okay, walk through the door. We're going to eat, and then I'm going to disappear. And then a little while later, we're going to be at the Galilee. You'll be fishing. You'll be disobeying me, but you'll be fishing. And I'll say, children, have you caught anything? Put your net on the other side. You're going to catch this load of fish. All right, it's like this checklist. They don't have anything. This is simply unknown to them. And Jesus is talking, and as he is talking, he was taken up in a cloud and received him out of their sight. Now, if you think that they were bummed when they saw him crucified, and they were delusioned, or disappointed, not delusioned, disappointed, and they were depressed then. Could you imagine now you've been off and on hanging out with your, with your boss for 40 days, and now he's up in the air? What do we do now? What do we do now that Jesus is gone? Well, he, he already told us, don't fret because I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And so as he was taken up out of their sight, and while they looked steadfastly, Towards heaven. You know what that means? They couldn't keep their eyes off of where he had gone. As he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Yes, these are angels. And they said, men of Galilee. You ever read the, um, the statements of the angels and, and you think to yourself, they really think we're stupid. They do. Men of Galilee, why are you standing gazing up into heaven? What are you guys doing? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will soon come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So the way that he, turn back now to Luke, the way that he went to heaven is the way that he is coming back. And so verse 50, he led them out to as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And it came to pass as he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him. And listen, here it is. They returned to Jerusalem with great what? Now, 40 days before this, when they were up in the when they were in the upper room, they were cowering. They had the doors locked. They were freaked out. And they were marveling at Jesus coming through the door. And now they are filled with great joy. Please note with me in verse 53, they continued in the temple praising and blessing God. We'll get to that amen in a minute. So, this Sunday, the resurrection day that we read, He gave his guys what they needed to further this, and I don't like to say this, this new religion. But it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. He gave them their marching orders. (laughs) You guys, you're my A-team. You're going out, and I'm going to send you out. And for the next 40 days, 
He was encouraging them and strengthening them. Again, revealing to them the word of God so that they could preach to the Jewish nation. That this gospel would go first to the Jewish nation and then to the Gentiles. That's us. And verse 53 says, they praised and blessed God. The blessing is this, and the praising is this. In the same way that Jesus went, he is coming again. Now, I don't know about you, but I, 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 I laugh all the time how God sets an order where we are in our teaching, and it just happens to be that we're about to read in the next couple of weeks in Revelation his return. So we just finished with him going to heaven, and now we're going to read him coming back. Amen? That's what it says right here. It's the last part of Luke. But Luke doesn't end there because the, and you know I don't like this word, the story doesn't end. Because the book of Acts now chronicles this new power that they are indwelt with on the day of Pentecost, and they start doing amazing things that is bringing this gospel to the places that Jesus told them to take it. God has given all of us in this room, over the internet and over the radio, the same commission. Go therefore and baptize. There, uh, teach them, the, we would say, the Bible. Show them that they are needing a Savior, the repentance of their sin. Show them that there is a promise of the Father to come upon their life. And that the promise that He will, remember what the angel said, hey, He's coming again. Why are you looking up? You see, when we're not doing what God has called us to do, we get distracted. Anyone else squirrel? The whole world that we live in revolves around being distracted at all times. And our commission is to proclaim the name of Christ. Our, our commission is to occupy until he comes, not to, not to be distracted from the things of the world. And it's real easy to do that. Uh, I don't know about you, but I love rainy days. Um, I'm from Northern California where basically at the end of October, it rains till April. That's just how I was raised in that. I don't mind the rain. Uh, I love rainy days. I like hanging out and snuggling under a, a blanket and then watching a war movie. <laughs> All right, we'll throw in a chick flick every once in a while. Today is one of those days. How about just turning off the phone? We're about to have, look, if I see one person on their phone today, I will record it and put it on Instagram, and I will shame you. I'm not above that. I will do it. Enjoy one another's presence today. Enjoy what we have set before you. Enjoy the blessings of the body of Christ. The reason why I say that is because we didn't do this last February. I'm not going to allow men to dictate what we do anymore. We're going to let the Lord dictate what we do. I should have known that all along, amen? All right, are you ready for this? Read ahead. Revelation chapter 1. We will not get very far because there is a pretty long intro uh, into the book of Revelation. We have lots of resources out there for you on the book of Revelation. Next week, we're going to give you a handy-dandy handout 
which is a revelation timeline for you. That's coming next week. Today, let's manage to get ourselves out so the tables can be set up. Ladies first, remember, grab your rose on the way out. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the day to just gather together as the body of Christ once again, to be encouraged and strengthened that you will come again in the same manner that you left. You will come again. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will receive you unto myself. These are promises that you have given us. Lord, thank you that you have, in, you have given us the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to live this life that we live, to proclaim Jesus to a lost world, to show hope when so many are hopeless today. Thank you, Lord, that you have strengthened us to stay open as a church and not to be afraid. Lord, we put our trust in you. And so, Lord, we thank you for, again, all those serving today. We pray for the food, Lord, that you would bless it, that you would nourish our bodies. Lord, we long to see your face. We long to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord forever. So, Lord, thank you for the book of Luke. Thank you, Lord, that we have accomplished it in our church once again. Thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,